Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Head of Commodity Classic taking place in San Antonio, Texas. We're going to start out as we always do when Brad joins us. We're going to be looking at the cattle market. Now, question is, geopolitical, coronavirus, and global workings, how much is that having a factor as to what we're seeing within this cattle trade? And he's liking the hogs. Of course, Brad Coyman is joining us this afternoon with Coyman, Coyman, Varlick. And, and Brad, let's start there. This cattle market geopolitical and coronavirus not two things you want to talk about in the same sentence no certainly not and um these are the days that you know church these are trials right i mean it's uh you sit here and you, you do all the analytical stuff you can in the world you can you know stare at your chart book all day long you can work your butt off to try to understand the fundamentals of the market and you know for instance on the cattle market for instance you go back to last friday uh, we saw a tremendous movement of cattle that have been sitting on the show list too long. Some of these cattle carrying too much weight, too much mud. Saw you know, a lot of those cattle get cleaned up last week. I saw a very tired acting futures market on Friday only to come ripping back and close good on Friday. And then I have a, a friendly cattle on feed report on Friday with the placement numbers below expectations and the weights skewed to the lighter side of it. You know, so we should have been set up Monday for a nice deal, you know, and then you get this uh, black swan type of situation, which I think, like you had, had indicated, is really twofold. Uh, I don't know that uh, all the listeners are going to be on board with me on this thing. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm commenting on what I believe the market influences were. Obviously, the spread of coronavirus, um, you know, into Italy and, and other places was uh, was worrisome. And to the market, you know, wondered about, you know, disrupting. Uh, in fact, I had my computer down today and my IT guy was in and he said they can't get a new computer because uh, those places that uh, manufacture these parts in China for computers are shut down. Well, you know, as that trickles down through the worry of that trickling down through the economy, uh, you know, clearly has a difference. So that was part of our macro problem here, I think, this week. Um, and, but I think there's another thing. I think the other thing is... There was some um, polling that came out over the weekend that suggested that um, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders had a had a chance and or was ahead in some polls of Trump uh, in a potential election. And the business community, I can tell you, is not crazy about that sort of a administration. Um, so I, I'm not making a stand here about where I stand politically. I'm just reporting the news. So uh, that's. That's that was certainly part, I believe, of the problems in the equity market. No, that stock market tanking like it did. The cattle are never immune from that. They always seem to be affected by that. Sorry, that was a very long answer. No, you're fine. I mean, you see that, and it goes such hand in hand that sometimes we forget. You know, we we see the politics, and sometimes it's easy just to flip the channel. But we need to think about the ramifications of what's being said and and how it's going to affect the stock market, and how the stock market's going to affect our grain and livestock trade. Well, you're you're right, and, and and I think if you took nothing away from these little comments that, or these little visits that you and I have, you know, if you took nothing away from what the old guy says, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I would remember this one: uncertainty is bearish. I'm sorry, that's just what it is on cattle. Uncertainty is almost always bearish cattle. Um, the long speculator runs for the sidelines. You always have hedgers that have to sell it, and and it's just. It is what it is. So, you know, I mean, when you get into those uncertain markets, you shouldn't be so surprised that you get a swing at it. Now, okay, so that's what we did. Now, what are we going to do next is what everybody would rather talk about, right? You know, I wonder, 
is there some similarity between this black swan type event? You know, the last one that we had was August 9, right? The Holcomb fire. Um, two sharply lower days, much like we did now. Sideways for a couple of weeks and then recovery. So, you know, it's important that we stop the bleeding. Let's like, how about tomorrow would be good? I thought we were going to do it today, actually, but the deferred cattle did and the feeder cattle did. So there was a bit of a start, but we need to kind of get regrouped. I'm hoping that maybe we hear some reassuring type comments from President Trump tonight, you know, uh, uh, assuring us that, hey, our, our medical system is, 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 is in, and our, our ability to contain disease is significantly better than it is in China. Last time I checked, we're not eating civet cats and bats and anything like that. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can we can get on top of the situation here before it escalates. Could we have had a stronger rally in this feeder cattle market today, even though we saw some stabilization? Well, we tried uh, even better than this for a while today, and, and you know, some of that's weakness in the corn. Some of that's because we're a pretty big discount to the cash cattle market, but cash cattle market's having a hard time finding its footing a little bit too today, or this week, rather. <clears throat> you know, Oak City was down, what, 8 bucks or, or thereabouts, so that's, that's a pretty good old swat, you know. Um, the uh, um, um, I think that the feeder cattle market is probably one of those most delicate deals because whenever somebody gets scared, you know, you can have a sharp break in the cash feeders. I, I Seasonally, typically, the feeder cattle would break into April. I don't know that the market breaks a lot more than it just did. What do you like about the hogs? Yeah, that's a scary thought, isn't it? It is. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I like the raw fundamentals. Um, I, 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 you know, you're finally seeing some improvement in demand in the pork product. You know, someone might say, oh, yeah, Brad, did you miss the cold storage report Friday? Because we got a lot more pork in storage. And I would say, yes, no, I did not miss the cold storage report. They don't store that stuff unless they think they're going to get more for it. That would be my my opinion of that. Uh, and to follow up on that, you know, you remember the the, uh, the the time they had the Olympics out there? We saw a huge expansion in the amount of pork stored. You have to freeze it if you're going to send it to China. It's pretty simple. So I don't worry at all about the big storage numbers. So uh, there's that. Uh, I, I, I think you're, you, you've seen such nice big slaughter, taking the weights below a year ago. So the, 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 the fundamental stuff on the hogs is starting to tip a little bit our way. So I'm thinking, yeah, we, let's rally this thing into May 1. We, we're long, long, long overdue. It'd be good to have some positives going their way for a bit. For sure. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up from the Fontenelle Final Bell. We, again, a Commodity Classic in San Antonio, Texas. Stick around. We'll continue this conversation with Brad as we look at the grains and wonder how much longer can this go. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are at Commodity Classic taking place in San Antonio, Texas, as Brad Coima continues to join us for, for part two. So, question. We talked in the front about the geopolitical, the coronavirus, everything that's being factored in. Is there an end to this chunk of news? I mean, we seem to be focused on so much on the now. But as we look to the future, what are your thoughts? That is a great question, and I think that's a much healthier, better way to look at the market. And I would, I would, I would, uh, you know, follow that comment or question with, okay, let's look at how we got to here. African swine fever, right? That's been a huge element negative to the soybeans and the corn here. You know, the, having lost half of their hog herd means they don't need to buy as much corn and soybean meal. It's pretty straightforward. Now, is that going to happen forever? 
Are they not going to re- get some resolution to that problem? Of course they are. You know, here and and my experience is that periods of low productivity are followed by periods of unusually high productivity. So China has been behind technology on this hog industry for so long. You would think that what's their next move going to be? Still have six hogs in your backyard? Of course not. They're going to build these mega factory biosecure buildings where they're going to figure out a way to get 28 or 30 pigs per sow a year out of them too because that's that's what the market will drive you know i mean you're getting 250 bucks 100 for a hog they're going to figure out a way to produce more of them so that's going to trigger that demand base to come back to some of our markets i believe secondly coronavirus it's the pits if you got it of course but this isn't something that lasts forever either in fact you know when i look back at the, the mers and the SARS, those two situations with those two viruses, give or take, it seemed like about three months, and then we started to kind of move on to other news. Uh, there are others that are telling me that, well, once we warm up, generally speaking, that'll have a tendency to maybe not eliminate, but slow, uh, really slow down the deal. So maybe we got to just try to get ourselves to the 1st of April and then see once if maybe the coronavirus stuff doesn't maybe ease back a little bit, too. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I guess I can see some of the macro stuff that, to me, gives me a, a fair bit of hope on the grain side of things. Absolutely. Is corn going to continue to follow the soybeans the rest of this week? Well, we've got to deal with uh, planning intentions. That'll be the next thing that they're talking about. Uh, I, I, I think right now the corn feels a little bit kind of like the weak link of the deal. Um, and I think people are just getting way ahead of themselves and, and thinking about just how many acres we're supposedly going to plant. Um, well, so be it. Let's let's get there and worry about it if we do get that many acres planted, which I think is questionable. Um, so a soft looking chart yeah uh but still you know looking a little bit ahead at the next seasonal would be to take this market a little higher into that you know uh too wet or too wet hot cold dry whatever that planting scare typical rally that we usually get going into the end of april what are your thoughts argentina raised their export taxes on soybeans it was three percent but it's still three percent right i you know, I thought that that was part of the initial news here today and why we were still better. You know, it seemed like that, that story kind of lost its, lost its footing as the day went on. But, you know, generally speaking, stuff that I like to hear, but I don't know if it's enough to be a game changer. What else are we seeing um, in these markets? You did talk about we've got the next report coming up, planning intentions coming up at the end of uh, March. I almost said September. Sorry about that. But in March, as we look at these markets and hearing produce, or farm broadcasters talk here from what they're hearing from producers, there's still a lot of crop out in the field. North Dakota's 50% of their corn crop still waiting to be harvested. I talked to a farm credit guy in North Dakota this morning, funny you bring that up, uh, that uh, there were guys who were combining corn today. How about that? Uh, um, so, yes, there's areas that kind of have to finish harvest before they can start to think about planning. I, um, I can't imagine that we aren't going to have a little of that in the market, but after last year's fiasco where we never got really any market reaction that sustained itself at least, you know, from what we thought was a very significant problem with getting stuff planted on a timely basis. That story might be a little harder to sell to that that trader this year. So I don't know if we're going to get much life out of a wet spring. Maybe, but I, I would not bet on it. Just wait for those pictures in social media. See a, a combine finishing the field of the corn planter going right behind it. Yeah, there you go. Figure out a way to hook the field cultivator to the back of the combine, right? Make it a one-pass deal. There you go. And finally, we've seen the issues with the real and the dollar. Is that going to continue to be a struggle bus? 
a problem. You know, this dollar thing is on the verge of breaking out into some big upside moves. It's, it's just no, I mean, I wish I could color it any a different way, but it, um, we, we, we had better keep an eye on it. And the bottom line of that deal is, you know, you may feel like, you know, is our economy in pretty good shape? Well, it sure seems like it. And it's certainly in better shape than an awful lot of the global economy is. You know, hence you're going to have a strong dollar. And I'm afraid that that's one of the one of the weak links in the chain here. But it is what it is. All right, Brad, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Hey, call me up. 800-358-3047. Well, just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss that are not suitable for all investors. Brad Coima joining us today with Coima, Coima and Varlick. You can pick this up as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your favorite podcasts. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.